Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, hun. Hey. So, what do you have planned for the day? I imagine I'll just be in this cage until Randy decides to come back and yell at me about the Panama Papers or the moon landing. (laughs) That sounds so fun. I'm jealous. Smiley face emoji. Well, I wanted to reach out to you today because I'm sitting on a life-changing opportunity that could make all that come true and more. Are you okay? How would you like to be a business owner? Are you having a laugh? It's no joke. If you want to level up your life, you have to level up your product. Stock up and be prepared for the orders to come. Stock up and they will come. Do you like to be in control of your own destiny? Well... Of course you do. Now, what if I told you I could help you achieve your destiny? Are you going to let me out of the cage? Better. I can help you escape the cage of living a boring paycheck-to-paycheck lifestyle by becoming a brand consultant for Alley Oils. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason Episode 14 Kafka-esque Written and created by Jeremy Ellert. Starring Zane Shatt, Jack Carmichael, Lauren Grace Thompson, Matthew Woodcock, Josh Rabino, Gabrielle Atkins, Michelle Kelly, Rob Schwal, Abby Espiritu, Ariel Hack, Sue Ling Chan, Faith Daugan, and Addison Peacock. What is this? What's happening? 27 days ago, my mentor, Dr. Kevin Bird, was murdered in cold blood by secret Freemason operatives who managed to conceal their involvement in his death by making it appear to be a heart attack. I'm sorry to hear that, Randy. I am. But what's that got to do with me? What's it got to do with you? (laughs) This is a picture of the Sphinx on top of the St. Louis Civil Courts building. And here's the arch. The gateway to the west, if you will. And here you are, at age 12, dressed up like a cat man on Guy Fawkes Day. So tell me, Walt, what's going on here? Where did you get that picture? Stop it. Just stop it. Just be straight with me. I am being straight with you, Randy. Every time I ask you something, you'll be all, I don't know about that, Randy. Or, the Freemasons don't have anything to do with that, Randy. 
because I don't, and we don't. And if you continue to ask questions like, who controls the global weather machine, or were dinosaurs really real, I'm not going to have the answers for you. Except for the dinosaur one. Again, yes, they were real. It's just, well, from my perspective, sometimes I guess it's just hard to figure out what questions I'm supposed to be asking during an interrogation, you know? I didn't go to interrogation school. I'm self-taught at all this interrogation stuff. How about we start by putting away the cattle prod? I wasn't really going to shock you. I just wanted you to know that I could. I think you'll find I respond better to positive reinforcement. The first step to deprogramming a conspiracy theorist is to get them talking about literally anything else other than their favorite conspiracies. But be careful. You can't be obvious with your attempted diversion. You'll have to humor them a bit first. These neural pathways were once created by and populated with things they loved, and they can be again. You just have to ask the right questions. Randy, I've realized that I could benefit from finding out a bit more about you and your theories, and I'd like to make you a proposal. I'm listening. If you'll give an honest response to the questions I have for you, then I will, in turn, do the same for any and all questions you might have about me, Freemasonry, or my novel, The Centaur. Nice book plug, dude. But I think I'm good on that one. I like this idea, though. A little back-scratching alliance. Yeah, I can dig it. And it makes sense on your end because, like, I'm sure there's plenty of insight I'd be able to share with you about Flat Earth Theory, Flat Earth Culture, Flat Earth Cuisine. I know stuff about chemtrails, if you're interested. You might say I got some secret knowledge myself. Ah, yes. There'll be many questions to ask. So many. So, do we have a deal? Hmm. Okay. But you can't ask for the door code. That's off limits. And no follow-ups or sub-questions. I'm not falling for any of your Freemason mind games. One step ahead of me. Always. Try anything funny, and I swear to God I'll go get the chainsaw. I read the manual, and now I can get that baby fired up so fast. So, shall we shake on it then? Walt presses himself against the bars of the cage and extends his hand towards Randy. Randy meets it. They shake hands. I will honestly answer whatever questions you have for me. And I will honestly answer whatever questions you have for me. A Freemason's handshake is binding. A Freemason's hands are dirty as fuck, too. Sorry. All right, I go first. Question one. Question one, question one, 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 one. Hmm. Okay. Let's just start at the top. Why did the Freemasons assassinate John Fitzgerald Kennedy? Sub-question. Was Lee Harvey Oswald working alone, or did he have accomplices within the CIA and our mafia and our Cuba? And if so, who? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Randy. That's... You swore. A Freemason's handshake is binding, right? Do you want to know my best guess? That's all I can offer you. Okay, yeah. If you had to guess, what would your guess be? What do I think happened in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd, 1963? Yeah. Just to be clear, I'm not saying this is the secret knowledge of the Freemasons and what we know happened to JFK. This is just Walter Clay's personal hypothesis. I understand. I believe Geneva White was the second shooter from the grassy knoll. Roscoe White's wife. The one and only 
She used to... Work for Jack Ruby. That's right, that's right. I don't know. I'm not claiming to be an expert or anything, and I haven't exactly poured over the research and details, but I've read a few books, Mm. and that's my theory. It's not conclusive, but... Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, it was really the Umbrella Man, but that's not a bad theory. If you knew for sure that the Umbrella Man really shot JFK, then why did you just ask me what happened? It was a test. And you failed. Or passed, I guess. Depending on how you look at it. Okay. So, my turn now, is it? Shoot. I'm sure you've a ton of things about me that you're dying to find out. How do flat earthers such as yourself explain satellites? What do you mean, satellites? What do you mean, what do you mean, satellites? Are we talking man-made satellites? In space? Yeah. There's literally thousands of satellites in Earth's orbit right now. How do you explain that? Explain what? How do you explain satellites? You're talking in circles, man. Next question. You have to answer it. I don't have to answer shit. Well, then I don't have to answer your shit either. I won't say that I don't believe in satellites or space. I'm just not 100% convinced of anything if I haven't had the chance to see it for myself. What about the air? You can't see it, but there it is. That's different. Well, how so? Because I can see it. Blowing through the trees or coming out of my nostrils when it's cold outside. But I mean, come on. Look up at night. You can see space, can't you? Can you? Or is that just a Pink Floyd laser light show lie? If you want to know more about the holographic projection known as space, it will cost you your next question. Nope, I'll save it. Question two. What exactly happens at your secret Freemason meetings? And I mean exactly. (laughs) Meetings are quite boring. Uh, We discuss the business aspects of running the Lodge. We talk about what the Lodge has been doing locally and, and what future events we might be planning. The rituals get all the prayers, but when we have our charges or rites, it's not some ritualistic sacrifice where we all lay in coffins and drink animal blood. The truth is that it's much more dull and tedious and repetitive. Like a stage play that gets performed every few weeks. That might not be the best comparison, but I do think it's true. Events. You said future events were planning. What future false flag events are you referring to? Well, that's your takeaway. I'm talking about charity fundraisers, spaghetti dinners. The Freemasons aren't trying to take over the world. We never were. We're just trying to make our small piece of it better. What's the point of making the world a better place if you don't get to control it? That's a rhetorical question, so it doesn't count. Okay, Randy, my next question for you is... For a million dollars, would you eat a bag full of month-old toasted ravioli that had been left out on the counter? What? (laughs) That's a... That's a weird question, dude, but yeah, absolutely. I- I'd do almost anything to help my family. If you don't eat month-old T-Ravs for a million dollars, you're just being selfish. Next question. What's the deal with Freemasonry and all the chessboard shit? Oh, I actually can answer this one. Now, in Freemasonry, the black and white floor tiles and their chessboard pattern symbolize the duality of man, positive and negative, much like the yin-yang you have on the wall there. Walt points across the room toward a Chuck Norris poster. In the middle, just behind good old Chuck, is a giant yin-yang symbol. Much like any other discipline, we use symbols to communicate our values and ideals. They're easy visual reminders for us to live the best lives we can. So it doesn't have anything to do with the royal family and how the queen is really a shape-shifting cat person? No, nothing. That's not what I heard. 
Well, Randy, if you heard anything else, then I'm afraid you heard wrong. So it's just got nothing at all to do with cat people? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Wait a sec. You said not to my knowledge, so... I mean no. Absolutely no. Forgot I can't leave any wriggle room for mental gymnastics. (laughs) Not with me around. My brain is so elastic. I'm like the top mental gymnast in the world. That Chuck Norris poster is pretty sick though, right? Oh, absolutely. Stunning. That's an authentic signature, too. I got it signed at the St. Charles Mall when I was like 15. Walker, Texas Ranger, was in town shooting a scene at the Arch. My sensei used to kick it with him back in the day, so he pulled a few strings and Chuck visited our dojo. That must have been exciting. Fuck yeah, it was! Showed us all to do an axe kick, and even stayed after to explain why evolution was fake. He was a real solid dude. The man became a major role model for me at a time when I really needed one. How long were you in karate? Sorry if that's a reductive way of asking that. It totally is, but I get it. Most people wouldn't know the difference between judo, ninjutsu, and taekwondo if it kicked them right in the face. I believe I might be one of those people. I mean, I'm a full-grown badass now. I'm trained or self-taught in hella different disciplines, but taekwondo is my home, my rock. Your cornerstone. Exactly, my cornerstone. I mean, shit. I'm a ninth-degree black belt taekwondo grandmaster. I don't fuck around. My center of gravity is locked in. Do you still compete? Nah, I had to, um, give it up for the, uh, younger generations to have their turn. Alright, so, next question. What's under the Sphinx's paw? While Randy and Walt both tried to deprogram each other with friendship, Gail was attempting to level up her downline. Hey, hon, can I ask you a question? Do you like to feel beautiful and healthy? Ah, yeah, you know I do. Well, you're in luck, because with Alley Oils, you can do both. Okay. How much is this going to cost me? Only as much as you're willing to invest to improve your future. How much is that? Well... Next question, Randy. Who is your favourite band of all time? My what? Your favourite band, or I guess I should say musical artist. So, who's your favourite musical artist of all time? Do you count dead people? I do count dead people. Living or dead, classic or modern? Any of it. Obscure, mainstream, doesn't matter. Who's at the top of your list? Huh. Honestly, that's a damn good question. I could give you a Top five, easy, uh, probably top ten. But it's hard to narrow it down much further. Complete honesty, right? I think you have to answer the question. When I was a kid, I would have for sure gone with Creed. But now, having any association with Scott Stapp is like, yikes. So, I can't go there. Don't get me wrong, they'd still be in my top ten. Just not really who I am anymore. Oh yeah, gotcha, gotcha, absolutely. Maybe... I could say Grand Funk Railroad? But I think that might be more of an idealized version of my music taste rather than my actual taste, know what I mean? So... Hmm... Honestly, I think I'd probably have to go with Jackie Chan. The Jackie Chan? He sings as well? 
You're kidding me? You never heard Film Cutting Machine of Life or Platonic Intuition? Seriously? A few moments ago, I didn't realize he could sing. JC has the voice of an angel. An ass-kicking angel. Well, that doesn't seem fair for one man to be able to kick ass and sing. Some of us are just blessed like that. Again, I'm just trying to do my best to answer based upon the wording in your question. So I want to reiterate that the Freemasons are not elites, and we have no intention of global domination or suppression. But from its roots in literal stonemason guilds, Freemasonry has always supported equality. We talk all the time about on the level, and that's what it means. Level. Equality. Freemasons were rock chippers and grunts. They weren't nobles, and most of the time they weren't even educated. They were working class. Though we've strayed far from our ancient landmarks in recent years, Freemasonry was, at one time, all about empowering the working class. Then why did you fire me? You know I don't make those decisions. And you already used your question, so now it's my turn again. Well, get ready, because that question isn't going anywhere. What are you most proud of, but never feel like you get the chance to talk about? Woo! That's a, um... That's a question. Let me think. I mean, it'd be easy for me to say the 36,000 subscribers I've amassed on my YouTube channel, but I haven't really been doing this that long, so that number's bound to keep growing. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but... And you promise you won't laugh at me. Promise. For about eight years now... I've been working on a paranormal erotica series called When to Go Down on Me. Wow, that's a that's a title for sure. And I also have an alternate history microfiction erotica side project called The Ghosts of Past Presidents Colon Fuck Party. I didn't even realize you were a writer. Honestly, man, it started as a joke. I listened to a podcast about these two shitty morning radio DJs up in Minneapolis who wrote a book called Bangin' Bigfoot. This was back when Fifty Shades first came out and all those sex books were selling like crazy. So these two guys, with zero prior writing experience, were able to self-publish their masterpiece Bangin' Bigfoot, and with a few months they made something like $20,000. Wow, people really do love their sex books, don't they? They really do! And I wanted a piece of that. $20,000 would be life-changing. We'd be able to pay off a huge chunk of Lucas's hospital bills, get ourselves out from under a mountain of debt, and you're telling me all I gotta do is write a book about somebody getting the groove back by banging Bigfoot or Mothman or tag-teaming a couple of Wendigos or some shit? I can do that! Easy! Or at least I thought it'd be easy. How much did you end up making? Fucking nothing. I never finished a single one. I wrote 250,000 words, but it was all bits and pieces of different stories. Any asshole can write a first act or a sex scene, I just couldn't finish any of them. So, this is what became of all that. All this is just a waste of time. But it wasn't a waste of time, was it? Because my question was, what are you most proud of? You didn't hesitate to mention when to go down on me or the ghost of past president's foot party, so right now... 
If you could go back and finish one of those books, which one would it be? I don't know if I can, or if I even want to. I mean, I'm not a professional real author like you, with a real book on a real bookshelf in a real bookstore. Trust me when I say that the writing has to be for you. A bookstore won't make you feel any different, or like any less of an imposter than you feel right now. Because what you're saying sounds very familiar. It's exactly how I talk about most of my writing projects. I've got one called Space Cowgirls. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But I also love it too much to just throw it away and move on. Judging from this mess of papers, I can tell you might feel the same way about your abandoned projects. I do. I really do. I love when to go down on me. I think there's something there that people might like. Well, then I think you should finish it. That's the part we writers are really in it for. The feeling of a story told. My turn to ask a question, right? Yes. Does being in a bookstore make you fart? Because it always makes me, me fart. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. You want to know something I've never told anyone? Uh, yeah. It's the reason we're here. I'm such a professional author that I've been going around to all the bookstores and buying my own books. It's stupid, I know. And if anything, I'm just making it harder for someone to find my book. But there's just something deeply depressing about seeing an entire shelf of your hard work just sitting there on a bookshelf. Untouched. Unread. Unknown. At this point, I have no idea if anyone has actually even read my book. I've read it. What? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't mean to. It just happened. Thought I might find, like, a secret codex or a hidden manifesto in it. Started by circling the first letter of every sentence, but that was just a bunch of nothing. So then I tried the third word of every chapter, but that also was just a bunch of nothing. So I plugged all that stuff into an anagram generator and still couldn't find anything that made sense, so... I gave up. No bullshit, though. Check it out. That's a lot of red ink and writing. So you actually read my book? Yep. Cover to cover. Can I ask, what did you think of it? Do you like it? It'll cost you a question. I'd say that's worth it. Three and a half stars. Ouch. I'd give it four stars, but you had to go and make Mortimer shoot Meow Meow in the end. Meow Meow had broken bones in both of her front ankles? That's a lethal injury for a horse. There's no coming back from that. With the Beck gang bearing down on him, there was no time to eulogize. What else was Mortimer supposed to do? Um, literally anything else. It's your story. You decided what situations you wanted to put your characters in. Meow Meow's death, that's 100% on you. Because Meow Meow, even breaking their ankles in the first place, is something you, the writer, decided to do to that poor fictional horse. You could have just written an ending where Mortimer and Meow Meow vanquish the Beck gang and ride off into the sunset together. Well, no, then it'd be a different story entirely. Because Mortimer's introspective walk back afterward, alone and on his own two feet, with no external force moving or driving him, it's the first time he's felt that. Somehow, in his darkest moment, he was able to achieve his greatest peace. He's realising that his place in the race is over. By killing a horse who was supposed to be your best friend. I don't know, man. That sounds like some serial killer shit to me. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. The story's what it is. It's written, bound, and out there in the world. I can't change it now. I still think it would have been better if everyone just became friends at the end and then, I don't know, went to a diner together and shared a pie or something fun like that. That wouldn't make any sense. Mortimer and the Bet Gang are enemies. 
And if I was going to write that scene, they'd be eating cake together, not pie. Yeah, but Mort and the Beck gang used to be friends. And pie is way better than cake, both in its flavor and in its effectiveness as a literary device. That'll change when Jonathan Beck tried to move in on Hank's mother's farm. But you're going to act like Mortimer doesn't still care for the Becks? If you can't see that, then you don't deserve to write your own story. Or any pie. What's that supposed to mean? If you want to write a novel about a vengeful jockey who hunts down the Irish gang who kidnapped his horse, then you write a novel about a vengeful jockey who hunts down the Irish gang who kidnapped his horse. Maybe I will. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And maybe I'll send it to your publisher, a hammer and rope, and pitch the sequel to The Centaur, The Centaur 2. Meow Meow's back from the dead, and now she has horse wings. It's a GD Pegasus party. How's that sound? <laughs> Honestly, better than what I had planned, but good luck, because the only way Hammer or Rope are willing to speak with me anymore is through collection notices and angry emails. They've been trying to get their advance back. Apparently my book sold a strikingly low number of copies. I'll never forget how she said that. Strikingly low. Like she pitied me. Oh, that's fucked up. Sorry, I was being a dick about Meow Meow. You know, it's strange how quickly we go from just wanting to write a story to doing everything we can do to sell a million copies. It's a good book, man. Thank you. Really. A few people have told me they'd start reading it, but I never heard back from any of them. It's been out in the world for almost a year, and still no one's beating on the door to ask me about my characters, or plot, or decisions. So, really, thank you. Thank you for even giving enough of a shit to hate parts of it. So... Are you thinking about writing a sequel? And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Alley Oils. Just what is Alley Oils, you ask? It's an opportunity. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle opportunity. And we're a family. <laughs> you don't get to pick your family, but you do get to pick who's in your downline. Level up your downline. Level up your life. Level up. Level up. Get out there and level up. Hey, hon. I recently became an Alley Oils consultant, and I just wanted to make sure you were aware of this amazing opportunity. Hey, boss babe. Can I ask you a question? I couldn't sit on this opportunity for another second. If you want to level up your life, you have to level up your product. Don't underestimate the freedom that comes with having multiple streams of income. Stack up and be prepared for the orders to come. <laughs> Stock up and they will come. <laughs> you know, do you like being in control of your own destiny? Hey boss babe, my name's Mike Smith and I recently became an Ally Oils consultant. Hey, honey, can I ask you a question? I'm a business owner. I'm a business owner. <laughs> I'm an ancient dark energy hive mind who will never stop until I've completely drained every last human of their entire life force. And I'm a business owner. I can only survive and prosper by sustaining myself on the misery and failure of others. Toxins. 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 Level up. Level up your downline. Level up your life. Level up your downline. Level up your life.
Hey, Han, I saw your post about losing your job. I have an exciting new opportunity I'd love to share with you. I don't know, man. I just wanted to end with a bang, you know? It can't end with silence. I don't want to roll credits and just hear crickets. So how would you end it? I thought you hated the ending to my story. I didn't hate it. It just pissed me off. Well, remember how you were planning on having the interdimensional Bigfoot reveal himself and say, I'm not big everywhere and that's okay? Well, maybe you can just have the Nordic aliens drop off Thomas Dracula in that same bit of forest? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that, that that that's freaking brilliant. Seriously, that makes me want to let you out of the cage right now. I, I mean, I can't for obvious reasons, but wow. <laughs> that that really makes me want to. <laughs> Please. No. Okay. So, this bit was from a collection that was supposed to be called Ghosts of Former President's Fuck Party. An oversexed apparition of George Washington walks onto the screen with just the biggest and trippinest hog you've ever seen. Oh, fuck right off. How'd you do that? How'd I do what? How'd you change your voice like that? I don't know what you're talking about. Was that your friggin' stomach? Yeah, I'm afraid I haven't eaten all day. Well, shit. I guess I should probably feed you something, right? You want to order a pizza or something? Sounds lovely. Thin crust, hand-tossed, pan. What are you thinking, Molly? I'm thinking we do all three. Yeah. I like your style. But I totally can't afford it. I'm so hungry I'd be willing to contribute to the pizza fund. If I had my wallet... Oh, yeah? What if I said I had your wallet? Right... Here. Now, would you look at that? There should be at least 25 books inside. Nope. Empty. See? Did you already spend the 20 that was in there? Come on, Walt. You know I already spent the 20 that was in there. Check behind the photo flap. It'll pull out. Yeah, just like that. Oh, would you look at that? Five bucks. I always took a fiver away for emergencies. This seems like an emergency. A pizza emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Walt, tonight we're gonna live it up. All three pizzas. Let's fucking do it. Pizza party. You like movies? Well, sure. I mean, that's a bit general, but sure. Let me be more specific. Do you enjoy watching the cinematic combat masterpieces Kickboxer and Bloodsport? Can't say that I've seen them. Well, then in that case, I am jealous of what you're about to experience, my friend. All of this is based on a true story. Hey, Randy... Since you have my wallet, might you also have my phone? Uh, yeah, it's actually right here. I've been keeping it powered down just in case any of your NSA buddies tried to triangulate our signals and track you down. But it's been a few weeks. I guess I don't have to worry about that anymore. Want it back? <laughs> of course not. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, obviously you couldn't give it to me, but... Could you see if I have any messages? Mm. I just... I guess I'm curious. Like you said, it's been a few weeks. Everyone's so used to ignoring me, I kind of wonder if anyone has even realised I'm missing. God damn, Walt. You always know how to suck the hype out of a room. Sorry. 
No, man, I get it. I tell you what, let's check it out. Just gonna give it a minute to load here. Walt, you have seven text messages. Looks like six of them are one-time access codes for your email account. That was me. Did a little snoopy snoop. The other text message here is from a number that's not saved in your phone. Just says H-O-O question mark. What's that? Some secret code? Who would send something like that? <laughs> Good one. All right, here's the voicemails. Hello, Walter. This is Charlotte from Clark Communications calling to check in on you. You've been expected in the office the past few days and we haven't heard from you, so I'm just following up to see if you're still seeking to be gainfully employed at Clark Communications. If not, then, well, all can be worked out. But please, Walter, give me a call and let us know your status. There are some very important dates coming up on the calendar and we don't want to be caught with our trousers at our feet. Do call back when you receive this message, Walter. Charlotte sounds pissed. Good. Walter! You had sure as shit better hope you're dead, because if you're just bunking off and not telling anyone this close to a new moon, you may as well have signed your own death note. Don't say I didn't warn you. But with that being said, if something terrible has occurred to you, I want you to know that I always cherished our friendship and I will remember you fondly. Hey, Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry it's taken me so long to call you back. I've been meaning to. I've just got some stuff going on. But yes, of course, I'll definitely come to your book reading. I already looked at the schedule on the website, so I will be there for your reading on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I promise, promise, promise I will definitely come. I'll probably be standing in the back so I don't distract from your real fans. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm probably almost out of time, so... Uh, are there more messages? That was the last one, received three days ago. Play it again? Uh, maybe later. So, Derby's your daughter. Oh, that's right. I, I remember that name from the dedication page. I thought it was a fake name, so I was trying to crack your code by using that as the key. Didn't work. I've been trying like hell to get her to spend time with me, but she always has an excuse. I mean, I don't blame her at all. I did the same thing to my parents. I just thought... I don't know. I didn't think I was doing that bad of a job. I didn't think I'd been that absent as a parent. But I had to have been. Otherwise it wouldn't have been so easy for her to cut me out of her life. No kid likes their parents. Hell, one time I tried to kill my dad. A few years later I was saving his life when my little sister tried to kill him. It's all cyclical, man. She'll come around. Already starting to. That's why she's coming to your reading this Thursday. That's cool, right? Well, yeah, I mean... It'd be great news if I could call her back, or if I could go to the bookstore, but unfortunately, I... Right. The whole me-having-you-kidnapped thing. Right. Right. That's hmm. eh, just some shit timing right there. Can I ask you another question, Randy? And will you promise to still answer honestly? I'm an open book, man. Flip through me. Why did you choose me? If it wasn't because we fired you, then what was it? Why me? Why anyone, right? Isn't that what Vonnegut said? I needed a Freemason, and you were the only Freemason I knew. Oof. You okay, man? Yeah, just... Oh. Damn, you must be hungry as shit. Let's get this pizza ordered.
What? Look who finally decided to answer his phone. What do you want, Karen? I'm busy. <laughs> busy? That's hilarious. What are you busy with, Randy? More of those secret projects you're always talking about? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it is part of a secret project. Did you finally build your time machine? No, I don't have the funding for a project of that magnitude right now. Even though I have a totally solid outline and an airtight theory. You know, I just signed a deal with Sargent and Styles Entertainment. They're going to be distributing heliocentric fantasies on their new conspiracy-themed television network. All the actual big names are going to be a part of it. It's too bad, you know. Maybe if you'd gotten your secret project together in time, you could have been a part of it too. What was it Mom used to always say? You could have ridden the wave, but now you'll drown in its wake. Mom used to say you'd sound smarter if you talked less. So maybe try shutting the fuck up, Karen. So what is it? It's just generally the way you talk, so I don't think it's something you can fix. No, asshole. What's your big secret project with zero funding? I didn't say it had zero funding. Just a lot less funding than what it would take to convert a school bus into a time machine. Gorilla cages and chainsaws are nowhere near as expensive as you think. Gorilla cages and chainsaws? Randy, tell me right now that you're not doing what I think you're doing. Those poor animals. What fucking animals, Karen? Don't make me call in an anonymous tip to animal control. I swear to God, Randy, if you're doing some weird shit in your basement and it comes back on me and causes me to lose this deal with Sergeant and Styles, You swear on Mark Summers' life that you won't say anything. If you're doing some weird experimental shit on animals, I'm gonna have to say something. It has nothing to do with animals. Nothing. Then fine. I swear on the life of the most precious and wonderful man in the world, Mark Summers, that I won't say anything. Now tell me what it is. How about I show you? Randy slides through the images on his phone until he gets to a picture of Walt, the one he'd taken before leaving for ConspiracyCon. Randy hits send. What am I looking at? You're looking at the Freemason operative I have locked up in my basement. Kapow! I bet your mind is blown right now! Randy, please tell me you're joking. Not even a little bit. Randy? serious about this, then you need to- I've been milking this fucker, and soon we'll be going public with all the secret information he's been giving us. Hang ten on that wave, butt muncher! <sighs> oh, hey, uh, yeah. Uh, let me get a large... You don't have much time yet, Walter. You've already started your transformation. I know. I just... I thought I had more time. Ugh, you always do. What's your plan? It's only one night. I'll stay in the cage. If anything happens, if I get out of it, then I'll just fly away as quickly as possible. Oh, and contain your bloodlust. That's hilarious. What are you really planning? <sighs> oh, we're fucked, aren't we? Possibly. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason Written and created by Jeremy Ellett Actor Direction by Danielle Ellett The opening and closing theme for Two Flat Earthers are both by Gladrags Additional music provided by Randy Greer Louis Zong 
Special thanks to our associate producers, Daniel Naruta and Anthony Sigmund Lowry. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason, please leave us a rating, review, codex, or riddle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. If you aren't able to leave a rating or review, then please go into your backyard, the street, or a field and shout compliments about the show. If you plan on leaving a one-star rating or review on the podcast, we recommend instead that you simply fuck off and listen to something else. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.